The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. <laughs> Fans, welcome to the first edition of SB Nation's The Bird Rights Podcast. I'm your host, Preston Ellis, and I'm joined by Ali Cassell and Kevin Berrios. What is up, gents? Not a whole lot, buddy. How are you doing? I'm so excited, man. I am pumped up. This is going to be great. Now, you guys, unless you have a fascination of, like, higher learned birds with skills and literacy, you are already well-versed in these guys, their basketball acumen, and their place with SB Nation. By the way, SB Nation is the largest independent sports media brand, just for those of you who don't know. And you guys already know where you can follow Ollie and Kevin, at The Bird Rice on Twitter, and you can get a taste of the material at TheBirdRights.com right now. Now, without further ado, let's get cracking, because free agency is starting in just about... Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Uh, looks like nine hours, ten hours or so. I'm really good at math. That's why I'm studying basketball. Let's start with Ali, our fearless leader, our editor-in-chief. You guys can follow him at Red Hopeful. Ali, the NBA is America's most exciting league, and it's not entirely due to to the product, although the product is uh, far and beyond, in my opinion, better than that of football uh, and baseball and golf. But the NBA has become sort of a superstar swap Red Rover type league. And in the past few weeks alone, we've seen stars like Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, Brooke Lopez get moved in deals and all in deals to the West. Plus, Woj is reporting Blake Griffin has taken his first meeting with the Suns in the Southwest Division alone. We've seen the Mavs add Dennis Smith to go with their young core. The Houston Beards got CP3. The Wolves got Jimmy Butler. Are you concerned with the West reload and how it's going to affect the Pels this season? I like the domino effect basically for the Pelicans, Preston. The reason is, is there were a lot of good teams for a really long time here in a Western Conference. So making the postseason, as we all know, was uh, pretty difficult. and uh, But now with this sudden need for super teams, thanks to the Golden State Warriors, I think that's going to kind of weed out that middle, you know, as to where this is really going to be either good teams or bad teams. They're not going to be that muddled middle going for, you know, say 44 to 50 wins. Those, those kind of teams are kind of going to start disappearing. So I think it's going to be easier. Like, for instance, I think the Clippers, I, I don't see them resigning Blake Griffin, but even if they do retain him, 
I don't think they've got a really good chance of making the playoffs anymore. And it's going to be real interesting to see what happens in Utah. Um, it, it sounds like from what people I've talked to, it's more than 50-50 Gordon Haywood's going to leave. So, and then who else do you have? Um, yes, Minnesota added Jimmy Butler, but you know what? Those young guys have never gotten even close to getting their act together defensively. So is Jimmy Butler really going to change their fortunes around that much, especially in their first year? I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Kevin? Um, I think I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, I think it's mostly made top-heavy teams, you know. Um, but then again, even those teams, you have question marks like Houston. Like, is that fit going to be great? I mean, it's you got two great players, so they're going to be good. But is it going to be a great fit that propels them into championship? Um, and they were already above us anyway. So, um, and they're also got to fill out the rest of that roster. They still got to make moves. They're still dependent on Chris Paul to be healthy. Um, the Spurs, you know, how are they going to counter? Are they going to trade Aldridge? Does anybody want Aldridge? I don't know. Um, and then the Clippers, like you said, they're at that crossroads where they either have to decide whether they're going to stand pat, try to bring back the two bigs, and uh, try to make another run at it, see what else they could add, or they're going to blow it up and let uh, Griffin walk and maybe sell off Beverly and Lou Williams and DeAndre Jordan and start over from scratch, you know, so they might totally fall out. Um, Timberwolves, they're like the team that's at our, our level, I would say, that could jump us, um, maybe Denver. Uh, but, you know, I think, like you said, it's it's top-heavy, and we were scrap, scrapping to get into the bottom part, and some of those bottom teams are having some issues too, so um, I'm not that concerned with it. Okay, regardless of what these teams are doing, the New Orleans Pelicans' number one priority, according to Dems and Alvin Gentry, is uh, Drew Holiday, and we scored our first interview with him tonight at 12.01 a.m., uh, reported again by Woj. So I want to play a fun little game uh, in reference to uh, Nate Duncan's Dunked On podcast with Danny LaRue and those guys. We're going to do a little bit of a role play. Now, in this scenario, Ali, who wrote uh, just about a month ago, Drew Holiday is an elite point guard. He's going to represent Dell Demps and the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, Kevin is going to represent Scott Layden and Tom Thibodeau, and I'm going to represent Drew Holiday's agent, Jason Bouchon. So, Ali, why don't you start us off? Fast forward 10 hours. It's midnight, and you have the first sit-down with Drew Holiday. Tell me why he should stay in New Orleans. I'm, all I'm going to show is a picture of Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins off the board, first of all. And then I'm going to be showing him, you know, a picture of maybe a championship trophy. I'm going to say, look, you've got two of the best players in the league. You want to pass up this opportunity to go somewhere else? And then, obviously, we're going to have to get the money. So I'm going to start – I'm not going to lowball him. That would just be ridiculous. As, as many things as have already been said and, you know, how I think Drew Holiday's representation has made a point that they're not going to settle for any kind of – you know, cheap offer, a family discount style just to stay with his hometown team. What I'm going to do is I'm going to invite him and his brother to join the same team. I'm going to offer Drew something close to the max, but I'm only going to offer his brother, Justin, the biannual exception, which is about $3.2 And that can only be for two years. But the selling point is the Holiday Brothers is going to make a combined roughly around $33 million or so the next couple of years. And I would vouch to say that that's going to be the best offer they're going to find anywhere in the market plus the selling point is the pelicans get to keep the mle so if these guys are truly all about winning and they want to see the pelicans get as far as possible starting next year by having that available mle we can bring in some additional good talent or just one really good player so it you know 
you just put it right there to them. If I'm Dell Demps, I say, if you guys prioritize winning, let's do it this way. Uh, you said close to the max. Uh, give me an exact number on that. I think he's eligible for about 176 over five, something around that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. It's because of how the, the, the salary cap dips to 99, now Drew Holiday's max is going to be just slightly under $30 million starting next year. And as you said, for five years, that would be the total. So say you give Drew, I'll, you know, you tell him I'll give you about 28, 29 million. But really, that's not the more important number. The more important number is what you're doing for his brother. You're only signing him to that biannual. So therefore, in the savings you're getting on him, you're going to kind of have to give Drew a little bit more to keep both of those brothers happy to get them to sign here. And you would still have the MLE available. Now, granted, I don't see it playing out like this, but you know what? The Marquise Morris brothers, that's how the Suns organization signed them three years ago. They said, look, we just want to give both of you guys $52 million for four years. How you guys want to divide it, divide it up is up to you. I would love to see the Pelicans do some, something similar. Well, that's a great offer, and that's that's more than I thought Drew Holiday was going to get. But as uh, his agent, I, I feel very slighted in that you didn't include Aaron Holiday in any of this negotiation, his brother at UCLA. So I'm going to I'm gonna go and I'm going to talk to Minnesota. Is there any way that you guys would give 4 and 111 to Drew Holiday and make this interesting? Um, if I'm the Wolves, I'm not really even that interested, honestly, in Drew Holiday. Um, I mean, I got Ricky Rubio for cheaper already that I could also then flip him to get maybe Patrick Beverly or uh, Eric Bledsoe, you know, pick up a pick to then get Eric Bledsoe, who is also cheaper. Um, if I'm looking at my own roster. I mean, Rubio is a better playmaker. We know that he's not the shooter that Drew Holiday is, but Drew Holiday isn't. I mean, we've complained about his offense all year, you know, like he's not a dynamic offensive player and he is a better defender. But you also have Wiggins and Butler on the wings now over there. So um, I'm not I'm not paying a lot of money for Drew Holiday right now. I have 10 million in cap space, and I can get to 20 million by renouncing Muhammad and Rush. But I'm not giving all that to Holiday. I would I would only offer him four for 64. And I would start at that, and then maybe go as high as four for 72. But um, sorry, go ahead. I don't really you know I don't really see how Andrew Holiday, all that money helps me that much over what I already have on my roster. And Ali, this is my concern. It's uh, much similar to the Omer Sheik deal that we did a couple of years ago. Obviously, we need Drew Holiday back and we need his brother in tow, too. But we're at risk at uh, substantially overpaying him. Uh, when we listened to the Dunked On podcast, I think just uh, yesterday or two days ago, they went through the point guards. And uh, the most valuable one on the market probably has to be Kyle Lowry, although he's somewhere around 32 years of age or 31 years of age. And then you've got all these other point guards who kind of got left out in the dust and they had us signing Jeff Teague at four years and 70 million. Do, do you feel comfortable offering him uh, 28, 29 million a year over five years? Or do you just feel like uh, you're, you're caught behind the barrel? No, I, I'm definitely not comfortable, whether I'm Dell Demps or just me speaking personally. No, definitely not comfortable. Drew Holiday has done anything but prove that he's worth anything close to that sum. And we've written at that at length, as well as you guys and Bourbon Street Shots. We've all talked about it. Between his injuries and his lack of production, more I should say inconsistent production um, over the last four years, no, it's just completely ridiculous to even talk maximum money if you want to, uh, you know, just, just to talk common sense. But listen, 
as you mentioned, though, the Pelicans don't really have that choice. It's not really in front of them. Um, I really, truly fear going underneath the cap. So if Drew Holiday walks, that would likely be the most likely scenario. And going that route, they're not going to improve their team enough to where I think making the playoffs is a shoo-in and therefore DeMarcus Cousins resigning him uh, is going to be suddenly at risk. So that is really my main reason why I'm you know, willing to talk to Drew and you know you almost like in this hope and pray for the best. But, you know, we've seen this often in the NBA. I mean, that's why the Clippers got kind of stuck. They had three superstar talents. Uh, other teams have been there. You know, when you have the stars, you kind of have to sign them. You have to hope for the best. So at least the Pelicans have an opportunity. I mean, I guess that might be the most positive way to look at it. All right, I'm going to throw this to you now, Kevin. Uh, my preference, and I know some others, is to let Drew walk and to to keep the options open. Because let's be honest, in the NBA, watching players go back and forth is really fun. It's exciting. So if Drew Holiday was to go somewhere else, there's there's a lot of players who are going to be overlooked in free agency. If the Pelicans just have the patience to wait for a week, like for guys like P.J. Tucker and James Johnson, Shabazz Muhammad, Shelvin Mack, some of these guys are going to be super cheap. If Drew does walk, what is your plan B? Well, um, I agree with what Ali says is that, you know, the main way to get better is to be over the cap because it gives you more options, more money to spend, weirdly. Um, but I so what I would do is I would uh, try to make trades um, if, if Holiday walks uh, because I don't think you're going to get another great player uh, on that much of the cheap. Um, so, I mean, my first target, I think we talked about this last podcast, but my first target was Eric Bledsoe, which he's been a target of mine for a while now. I mean, I, I just really like him. I like his athleticism, his defense. He's improved as a shooter. I like his aggression. I like his attitude. I mean, those are his aggression and his attitude and his, like, leadership is what I wish I would see out of Drew Holiday, which is always one of the things that I feel like, you know, Drew Holiday's been labeled this combo guard. And I think part of the reason is it's just because of his personality and his laid backness. You know, he's not like, he's he's not a Chris Paul. He's not, you know, a John Wall, one of these guys that just inspires the team and, and gets them going. And Eric Bledsoe is that kind of guy. Um, Another person would just see, you know, if, if the Clippers are going to know they're going to lose uh, Blake Griffin, if you could get Patrick Beverly over here. I mean, he's on a great deal. He's, you don't lose anything defensively. Um, he's probably a better shooter than uh, Drew Holiday. And uh, and we've all complained about Drew Holiday not being the greatest playmaker. So it doesn't matter that Patrick Beverly isn't that much of a dynamic playmaker either. It's almost a little bit. It could maybe even be a lateral move, but at a much cheaper cost. Um, and then, you know, Alfred Payton's another guy that, I, you know, he slides into that buddy heel trade exception. So that helps you out right there. As far as the other guys, I mean, if you could get George Hill, maybe, um, but he's older, he's had a lot of injury problems and like Teague doesn't really do it for me. So I would definitely be trying to get one of these three guys. Uh, let me throw this over to you, Ali. Uh, obviously, you prefer to stay over the cap because then we have the option of the MLE. 
and the BAE, although that might tie us up in the future if we lock one of these guys down for multiple years. Why is it more important to you to have that option now and to lock in somebody like Holiday or Bledsoe with multiple years on their contract just to get access to that eight and three million rather than like trade a Jensen coupon and have 20 million to throw to, let's say, three guys at six million a year? In addition to those uh, trade exceptions, or I'm sorry, the assigning exceptions you mentioned, the other thing is we would also have to forego a couple of trade exceptions, one for Buddy Heald's trade, and then recently the Tim Frazier one. Those would just be cast aside. And then Dante Cunningham's bird rights would be lost. And the unguaranteed contracts, they would have to kick the curb. And I've got hopes for Quinn Cook and uh, Jordan Crawford. They both proved uh, to be viable players. So it's, it's so much that you're throwing away just by going an alternate route other than Drew Holiday. So, Steve, to me, when I look at him, yeah, I see a player who doesn't deserve it. But you have to look at it from a broader spectrum and what you're foregoing. So, that is really, truly the only reason why you almost, I almost support Del Bamps and the Pelicans' position in having to meet this guy's high demands because truly they are stuck. If they lose all those players, it's going to be awfully tough. You mentioned a lot of great names, and I do have some other targets, but again, you're going to have to replace, what, six to eight players roughly. I don't know. I'd, I'd need to look at the salary cap sheet, but if you went that route, going underneath the cap, uh, it'd be hard to do because you're not going to open up that much cap space to where you're going to be able to find a lot of players outside of like one or two good ones. So, well, you yeah, I, 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 that's my perspective. Yeah, just listening to your argument right now, you've swayed me. If we don't get Drew, uh, it seems like the only solution is staying over that cap. I didn't think about losing all the uh, – well, the Dante Cunningham I, I thought about losing, but we couldn't possibly part with Jordan Crawford. That that would be a season-ender. That would be a colossal uh, mistake. I love watching that guy play. Uh, but, yeah. Kevin, I saved the most underrated bit of news this offseason. Uh, according to the great TPR and at per sources – hilarious name, by the way – the Pelicans have quietly already agreed to terms with James Young. Uh, first of all, Kevin, how is this possible? How how do they even know what they have available to spend without a decision on Drew Holiday having taken place yet? Well, I mean, all indications are that the Holiday deal is done. So I think um, we can all just assume that it has been done. I mean, you're getting reports from all the major outlets that it's already been agreed upon. It's just going to happen. Um, so there's that. Um, and I mean, of course, there's tampering. We all know there's tampering. So it's no surprise that teams are talking to agents and players are talking to teams and all of that before everything kicks off. Um, I'm My hope is that this is not this hasn't been agreed upon because I really don't see the benefit of adding James Young to this team. But especially if Justin Holiday is coming along with Drew Holiday, It makes even less sense to me, but we'll see. Ali, do you think bringing James Young in uh, brings us one step closer to adding John Calipari and John Wall next season? Totally a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a chance. I don't think James Young would do anything to move any kind of needle here. Um, <laughs> if we do keep Drew Holiday, here's one thing that nobody's really talking about, is the fact that if we keep our all our guaranteed uh, or unguaranteed contracts, and uh, bring the entire roster back and add the two Holiday brothers to it, that's 14 players. Um, I'm counting Frank Jackson, their recent draft pick, but that's not counting Dante Cunningham. So literally we can already be at the max of 15 players and by just by adding two free agents. So, no, James Jones for this roster that already has some uh, talent, 
that they're trying to develop doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The guy's never done anything in the NBA, and the Celtics are known for developing players and young guys and giving them minutes. Um, he's never been able to crack their lineup up there. The so, Zons? no, I don't want anything to do with James Young. I don't even believe the rumors to begin with. So, there you go. Kevin, you, you mentioned tampering. Do all these pre-negotiations that happen under the table, do they bother you? Why don't we just hold free agency sooner? They don't bother me. I mean, it doesn't – none of that matters because, uh, I mean, it's all going to happen regardless. But I agree that they should start it before the draft, at least like the sort of negotiation part where they – you know, before they can officially announce that somebody signed whatever, that moratorium thing, which doesn't really make that much sense to me either. But um, they, I think it should all start before the draft. That way teams can sort of figure out how they kind of build their team and what they want to do. And it, also I think it would – I mean, this this year we've seen so many trades and so many interesting things happen. It can make it even crazier uh, going forward if you know you know who you're losing, who you could possibly bring in, and then what you can do with that draft pick. Also, um, you know, it could create a lot of movement, make the off season even more exciting. Yeah, definitely. July 1st. Uh, a lot should be happening tonight. There have already been rumored uh, agreements with Serge Ibaka, and, and we don't know what else is. Give us a couple of predictions. I'll start with Ali. We've got free agents like Kyle Lowry and Gordon Hayward. How quickly do you think all of this happens? Um, it's going to be one of those where I think it's going to take the first guy to sign somewhere. But I think there are going to be some guys that get snapped up quickly. Um I've been hearing and reading that Jeff Teague is likely going to be grabbed by the New York Knicks. Um, there's a good chance Paul Millsap could wind up with the Denver Nuggets. And you better believe that the Spurs are looking real hard at George Hill. So I could see all three of those dominoes fall within the first 24, 48 hours. So, you know, after that, Lowry's going to have, like, you know, players like Lowry. And who else is left? I guess Mills. Those players are going to just be uh, up for grabs for the remaining teams. Um you know, just for a dark horse, I'm going to say Kyle Lowry may go to the Clippers if they lose Blake Griffin, too. Doc Rivers isn't going to want to go full rebuild, and he's going to want to start building around somebody right away. So I could see them maybe go after a Kyle Lowry. Um, as for Derek, like Derek Rose, I get so many questions about him. I personally don't care where he ends up. I think this guy doesn't even deserve to play in the league anymore. He's just not good anymore. He's unreliable. So don't ask me about Derek Rose anymore. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned George Hill, and that's got to be disappointing. Uh, much in the vein of the Donatus Monte Yunus uh, lawsuit he's got with the NBA right now. I think he had agreed to like four years, $38 million with the Nets, and then he got sent back to the Rockets, but he only got offered 30 because of these performance incentives and then ended up getting none of it and signed to a minimum contract. George Hill turned down a three-year, I think, $80 million extension. Uh, so you, you'd have to think he's not going to get more than 10 to $12 million, uh, based on his injury history now. And, uh, of course, if he joins the Spurs, there's no way they clear up that much cap room for him. Uh, Kevin, Ollie wrote about Rajon Rondo being a possibility in New Orleans. What are your opinions on that? Uh, no, please. <laughs> That's good enough for me. Okay, let's bounce back to to talking about the West and all of this that's about to transpire, regardless of what happens tonight, uh, save, save a rash of injuries cutting through the Western United States this year. The West is going to be super top heavy again with the Spurs and the Warriors and potentially some of these up and coming teams like the Rockets, uh, who knows what will happen with the Jazz and the Clippers. But do you see the target of this year as just improving a little bit and just getting into the playoffs, like a 43-39, like seventh-seeded finish? 
or do you think we need like dramatic improvement in order to encourage Boogie to stay going forward? I'll start with Kevin. I mean, I think we need to we need to make the playoffs, or at least you know be right there in, in case, and then something happens, you know, like somebody goes down, and then we don't make it um, because of an injury or something. Then I could still see him being like, okay, I see where we're going with this team, but. You know, a guy like that who's been stuck in, uh, you know, in a bad situation for so long, he's probably ready to win. And, you know, he already lost out on his big money. So uh, he could, he's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be some teams with some money to spend next year. So he could be looking to go. We can't show him like a direction going forward. But I think, um, I mean, I, I think we are in pretty decent shape. You know, I'm not one of the, uh, I'm not panicking. Um, I think we have two guys that are in the top 20 that create a unique problem for the rest of the league because while everybody has really good – our weaknesses are on the wing, everybody else has really good wing players, but nobody has a front court that can match up with our front court. So we provide that – we're that weird team that provides that interesting problem that uh, everybody else has to solve. Um, so – if it works right, then, uh, you know, we could be a lot better than people think we're going to be, I think. And, Ollie, what's your take? Yeah, my take, it, it, they have to make the playoffs. And I think it's going to be an easier road than people realize. I think these super teams are – I mean, that's the way it's gearing up. Now, granted, everything may not work out that way in free agency, but the way it's headed with Chris Paul already making a big move and Paul George and Gordon Hayward mm-hmm. all expected to be moved. Um, I'm expecting there's going to be an, a bigger opening for the Pelicans to get in the postseason. But the other thing that people are dismissing is the DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis combo. Uh, they looked at just overall, like their win-loss record together or, or overall numbers. But what they failed to realize is that when Drew uh, Holiday and Solomon Hill were alongside them, and they just had one shooter as the fifth guy, like Etwan Moore or Jordan Crawford, they were world beaters. They destroyed the competition. And uh, people are forgetting who else was on a roster during uh, Boogie's time here in, in New Orleans. He had to play with guys like Wayne Selden, uh, Hollis Thompson. Um, I don't know who else. The couple of guaranteed contracts that really haven't had taste in the NBA, like Axel Tupain and Quinn Red Cook. Boy. So they were surrounded by a bunch of guys that were really baby-faced, fresh to the league, or they're just really not that good in their fill-ins. So to say that DeMarcus Cousin Anthony Davis didn't perform well down the stretch, therefore you're questioning it, I just think that's the wrong lens to look at things. you got to look deeper. you got to look at what they did when they had serviceable talent around them. And what they did is they destroyed teams, bottom line. So I think the playoffs should be a shoe-in, knock on wood. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm standing. Okay, we've got plenty of time in the future to talk about Frank Jackson and Czech Diallo, so I just want to keep this strictly about free agency. But before I let you guys go, have you seen some of the uh, Instagram photos of DeMarcus Cousins on uh, Clutch Points? They have a photo right now showing he is looking remarkably uh, thinner than he did last season, in my estimation. Have you guys seen some of these pictures about the the shape and uh, the training regimen he's under? Yeah, absolutely. I even wrote about that, Preston. I uh, noticed that he saw or somebody told him about Julius Randle who was doing great work over there at was it called no limits something or other out in California and I mean that guy was chiseled so I heard DeMarcus Cousins went over there and had the same trainer that worked on Julius Randle and he's hired a personal chef so yeah I followed that body transformation it's it's promising granted he is in a contract year so that's extra motivation but truly 
people have to realize DeMarcus Cousins is a competitor. And this guy, every year, talks about how much he wants to make the playoffs. And you can see it on his face in almost every game when he was with the Kings. So the fact that he's taking care of his body, and now it sounds like the biggest and best news is his Achilles looks healthy. He's been able to work out and get this much in shape. That bodes well for uh, that injury concern with the Achilles moving forward. And he's going to need to be in uh, superb shape in order to helm the offense uh, under Chris Finch's new system. Kevin, how stoked are you for a, a healthy and athletic chiseled DeMarcus Cousins? Very, I'm very excited about that. I mean, if he's uh, able to have better conditioning, can get up down the floor a little bit quicker and uh, stay on the court longer, I mean, that's what you want. He's a, he's a great talent, and if he has all that going for him as well, um, you know, I mean, I think you're seeing a much more motivated guy because for the first time he's like paired with a, another player that he knows he is a special combination. And so, you know, it's exciting to see him be excited. All right, you guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Follow Kevin at Kevin B for Bounce, Ollie at Red Hopeful. Check out thebirdrights.com. And I'm your host, Preston Ellis. Check back here late Sunday, maybe early Monday morning, Kevin and I are going to have a quick recap on all the free agent happenings as it relates to our airline heroes. But if I could take a quick second with you guys before we get out of here, thank you to Ali, Kevin, all the guys of the Bird Rides. I always knew these guys were talented riders, but I didn't know what what wonderful and welcoming people they are. And, and you guys have just been wonderful. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you for listening and joining. This is our first episode. There's many more to come. If you like what you're hearing and you you like these knuckleheads as much as I do, subscribe, retweet, drop a comment, ask questions. We'll answer them on our next episode. We're going to keep growing this network, and we need your help. Ollie, what else have you guys got coming up on the, the website uh, coming up this week? Well, we're going to – you pretty much nailed it. We're going to break down the uh, free agency, how it all plays out, how it relates to the Pelicans. And um, hopefully start making some predictions, you know, looking at some models or whatever and uh, seeing how the Pelicans, how it's going to shape up and shake out for where they're going to finish, what we should look forward to, you name it. Usual analysis, we always try and throw up there for everybody. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you got any parting shots? Um, not really, man. I'm excited to see what happens and start to think of uh, options once we see the first few balls drop. All right. Thank you guys so much. Uh, listeners. We'll see you guys next time. Let's go, pals. Don't miss Old Navy's Saturday Steal. This Saturday, all jeans are on sale for 50% off. Plus, get $3 kids deals like graphic tees and tanks and $7 girls dresses. Saturday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Validate 3 excludes in-store clearance. Select styles on kids deals and girls dresses. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.